Uh, If you have your Bibles, I would like you to turn to the book of Exodus, Exodus chapter 3, verse 10 through 15. And like Pastor Jeremy said, we're beginning a new sermon series this week called I Am. And it's really the based off of the seven I Am statements that Jesus makes in the Gospel of John. But I thought this morning for the introduction, we would begin in the very beginning, which I've heard is a very good place to start. And so Exodus chapter 3 verse 10 gives us some context to understand what this phrase I am really means. Let's stand for the reading of God's word. This is God talking to Moses through the burning bush, and this is what he says. So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you. Amen to that. And this will be the sign to you that is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they asked me, well, what is God's name? What is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am. Can you say that with me? I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, the name you shall call me from generation to generation. Dear Heavenly Father, bless the reading of your word. Help us to understand the power that is in the name I am your name is above all other names. Help us to see the power and the presence we can have today with you today. You are the one that helps us to stand even when we can't do it ourselves. Help us today to see your hand and your work in our life, and we will praise you forever. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. So we, over the next several weeks during the summer, are going to focus on the seven I am statements made in the Gospel of John. This is Jesus basically saying these seven I am statements. But like I said, before we get into that, I think we have to understand the power and the significance of that phrase, I am. It's more than just a phrase. It is God's name, his holy name, the name that is above all other names. And so though get the context of what Jesus is saying in the Gospel of John, we have to go all the way back to Exodus. And we just did that. Exodus chapter 3, verse 14. Remember, Moses is saying, hey, what do I tell the Israelites if they ask, who sent me? And he says, tell them I am who I am. I am has sent you. And we hear that phrase, we sing songs like the great I am, but I don't know if we understand the significance of what God is telling Moses and what God is telling us and what Jesus is saying in the book of John. And so that's why today I want us to look at this phrase. Remember, it's not just a phrase, it is God's name. Dale Carnegie says, 
remembering a person's name is to that person the sweetest and most important sound in any language. I have a bad habit, even today. Uh, I have messed up people's names. Even this morning, I've done that. I have a really bad habit of messing up people's names. And so that is something that I try to work on in my own life, but it is something that is important because that name that God, that your parents have given you, your name is critically important. And like Dale Carnegie says, it is the sweetest and most important sound in any language. In fact, we take great stakes and great effort as parents to name our kids. I was looking um, back at some of the popular names in 1940. And some of these names really make sense. Names like James, Robert, John, William. I mean, we have people even in our sanctuary today that have names like this, which is great. And then female names, Mary, Barbara, Patricia, Judy, Betty. We have those type of names, but the times have changed. In fact, if you look at the popular names in 2021, you'll see it's a little different. We have names like Olivia, Emma, Amelia, Ava, Sophia, Charlotte, Isabella, Mia, Luna, Harper, and then the boys' names, Liam, Noah, Oliver, Elijah, Lucas, Levi, Mason, Asher, James, and Ethan. Even though times have changed, and names might change, names are critically important to a child and to the parents that name them. I'll never forget when Evan was born, Sherry and I really talked about the name. I really liked the name Grant. I thought, Grant, that sounds really strong, maybe like Granite Rock, he, he would be Grant. And it had a good historical aspect to it. But Sherry fell in love with the name Evan. I was like, I don't know, Evan, really? Is that as strong as Grant? I mean, come on, this is going to stick with him for the rest of his life. But then I looked up the meaning of the word or the name Evan, and it means young warrior. And suddenly with young warrior, I was like, we need to name our son Evan. That's it, forget Grant, we're going with Evan. Names are important and they define who we are. If names are important for human babies, God's name is vital for us to understand. If he is our God and we are his people, his name is critical for us to understand. God says his name in the story of the burning bush. His name is I am. I love the imagery of the burning bush because it almost gives you a visual image of what God is saying about his name. In fact, if you look at this burning bush, and you'll remember it, it was on fire, but it wasn't being consumed by the fire, and nothing had started the fire. It wasn't like a lightning strike or anything like that. This fire just happened, and the bush wasn't being consumed. Like the burning bush, God never runs out of fuel. His glory never dims. His beauty never fades. God does not get his energy from lightning or anything outside of himself. God is completely self-existent, self-sufficient, and eternal. And so even the burning bush gives us an idea of who the great I am is. And it's fitting, it's appropriate that God says his name to Moses through the burning bush. So 
Moses encounters this burning bush. And if you have that chapter three of Exodus open, you can kind of follow along. There's a couple significant things that help us understand what God's name, I am, really means. First off, we see that God calls Moses by his name. Moses, Moses. It's pretty humbling to think the great I am who created the universe, who created this world, knows you by your name. He calls to you by your name. He doesn't mess up your name like Pastor Ed does. He calls it specifically. He says, Moses, Moses. And Moses obediently answers with, here I am. We learned about this with Abraham a couple weeks ago. The Hebrew word is hinani. Hinani, here I am. I'm willing to do your will. Whatever you tell me to do, God, I am here. And that's how Moses answers God. He says, hinani. Here I am. Just like Abraham said Hineni when God asked him to give his one and only son Isaac to him. So Moses obediently responds. And then God says, do not come any closer. Take off your sandals for this place you are standing on is holy ground. This is the first time in all of the Bible that the word holy is used. Holy ground. And then God explains who he is, and Moses hid his face, afraid to look at God. So remember what holy means. Holy means set apart. It's for God's purpose, God's use. It is something that is above and beyond us. See, God is above our ways and beyond our ways. He is holy. He is set apart. He is righteous. He is pure. And what is amazing to me is where God is, holiness is all around. I have so many people that I know are good Christians who struggle with this concept of holiness. They're like, God says, be holy for I am holy. How can I do that? I, I don't see how I can be holy. I, I make mistakes. I fall short. If God can make ground holy, if God can make dirt holy around that burning bush, he can make this pile of dust holy as well. Because my holiness doesn't come from me. It comes from God and God alone. That's the great I am. That's his holiness. He wants to set us apart for his purpose. If he can do that to ground, he can do it to you and I as well. And then I love how God explains who he is and Moses hides his face afraid to look at God. I've heard a lot of these preachers say, oh, I wish God would come down here right now. I'd give him a high five and we would be, let me tell you. If God came down in this service right now and made his manifest presence, his Shekinah glory known, none of us would be giving him a high five. We would be on the ground, face down, worshiping him because he is set apart. He is holy. And we even see it with Moses. He's afraid to look at God because of his immense power and presence. When God is here, we are humbly obedient to him. And we see that with Moses. He is the great I am. God says, I have seen the misery of my people in Egypt. And I have heard them crying out. Where are you today? Maybe you're in a misery situation. Maybe you've been crying out night after night because of the pain that you are in. Make no mistake, God sees you. He knows right where you are. The great I am is there and he has seen the misery. He has heard them crying out and he has a plan. 
God tells Moses in verse 10 to go. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people out of Egypt. God had seen their misery. He had heard their cries and he has a plan to deliver them from the bondage. I love that God tells Moses to go because that's what he tells all of us. You see, God has seen the misery of his people. He has heard them crying out and God will rescue them. How is he gonna rescue them? Here's the surprise. God will accomplish his salvation through the person and work of Moses. God's not gonna come down in physical form and, and do all this on his own. No, he's gonna use Moses. God uses human beings to carry out his will and purpose. And we see that in the story of Moses. Our God is a God who saves and a God who sends. He's gonna save the people of Israel and he's gonna send Moses to do it. Every follower of Christ has two callings. Number one, salvation. God wants to save us from our sins, deliver us from iniquity, set us free like we heard about today. But after that happens, he calls us to service. Calls us to service. We are not supposed to just warm a pew. We are not just to, so, to sit idly by waiting for the rapture. No, we are saved by God. Praise the Lord for that. But he wants to use us to help people who are in misery, who are crying out to him. He wants to use you. He wants to use me. So the first thing we realize from the great I am is that the gray I am saves and he sends. He saves and he sends. I love the story of Danny. He's a nine-year-old and Danny loves fishing. All week long, he dreams of going on Saturday morning to go out fishing. He loves it. And every day, every Saturday that he goes fishing, he walks through the harbor walking through the marina with all the beautiful boats and he gets to the very end of the, the marina and the very last boat is the most beautiful boat of all. It is huge. It's got this twin motor on it. There's these three guys that sit on the boat. They got all the latest fishing equipment, all the great fish finders, all of that. And they're just sitting there drinking sweet tea, drinking coffee, enjoying life. And they see Danny every Saturday and they say, Danny, what are you up to? And Danny says, oh, I'm going fishing. And they go, oh, we love fishing. In fact, on the boat, the name of their boat is Gone Fishing. They love fishing. And so they talk to Danny, well, what, what rods are you using this week? Well, I only have two fishing rods. They're old hand-me-downs from my uncle, but I'm using those rods. Well, what bait are you using? What tackle? And they'll ask all these questions and they'll say, well, Danny, you go and have fun and go fishing. That's great. Back when we were younger, we used to catch fish after fish. We would eat them, fry them. It was awesome. We loved the fish. It was great. I am so excited to see a young boy like you going out there fishing. Every Saturday, they had this very same conversation. Danny would walk by. They would ask him all the questions about, what are you doing? Oh, you know what? We've got this latest fishing pole. It's the best. It's great. They had everything that they needed but all they did was talk to Danny about it. One day, Danny was coming back from a Saturday fishing expedition. He had four beautiful fish that he caught. And the guys, the three guys looked at him and they said, oh, hey, wow, look at that. You caught some fish. That's great. And he, and he said, yeah, yeah, you know, I was using this tackle and using this bait. 
And then one of the guys said, well, Danny, I'll tell you what, you keep this up and one day you'll be a fisherman just like us. Danny said, very politely, I am a fisherman, but you, my friend, are a discusserman. Every Saturday, he saw these guys never move from the harbor, just sit in the boat, just talk about the good old days of fishing, but they never caught one fish. And that's why Danny says, I am a fisherman. You, my friend, are a discusserman. You see, if we are saved, we must go where God sends us. And my question this morning is, has our church become discussermen? Where we talk about the good old days, all the fish we used to catch, oh, it was great, biggest fish fries we've ever had. But all we do is talk and we sit in the harbor while people are perishing. People are crying out in misery. People are crying out to God. And all we can do is talk about what God did in the past. We need to be like Moses and go. You see, the great I am saves and he sends. Moses continues this conversation with God. And the biggest questions that Moses asks is, who am I? I'm no one. And who are you? Who are you? So let's look at these questions separately. First, Moses, who am I? Let's be very, very open to who Moses is. He's just a lowly shepherd. He's a convicted murderer. And God's telling him to go to Egypt. And you have to understand who Egypt is. They are the most dominant people in all the world. Pharaoh was the most powerful ruler in the world. And this lowly shepherd who was a convicted murderer is going to go to Pharaoh and say, let my people go. That just doesn't seem to make sense. What is God thinking sending Moses into the most powerful person's throne room in the world? In verse 12, God tells Moses what he tells each of us. I will be with you. Can I tell you, if God is with you, you have no excuses. You have no limitations. You can go even in the most powerful and dominant strongholds of the enemy, and you can have victory because the great I am is with you. He is there, and he will protect you, and that's what we see with Moses. The exodus did not depend on the competence of Moses. Praise the Lord for that. God's exodus, that, that deliverance for the people of Israel, depended on the presence of God. Our ministry doesn't depend on my competence or our competence. Our ministry depends on God's presence working in us and through us. You see, the second thing we realize is the presence of the great I am. In that presence, there is power. We can do whatever God has called us to do, not because of what we are good at, because God is with us. In his presence, there is power. He's the God who saves, he's the God who sends, and he's the God who's with you. And he will give you the power to do what he's called to do. Finally, Moses asks God, who are you? What if the Israelites ask, who is sending me? What do I tell them? What, what, what's your name? Who are you? Well, what he's really asking is, who is God? And God answers it very straightforward. He said, and we see in verse 13 where Moses says, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your father sent me 
And they asked me, what is his name? What shall I tell them? In verse 14, God says, I am who I am. And then he says to the Israelites, he says, say to the Israelites, I am has sent you. I am, that is God's name. That name in Hebrew is basically four letters. Y-H-W-H. In English, we pronounce it Yahweh. Yahweh. And it's significant because I am Yahweh is really God saying, I am the great I am. I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. I am the God who created this world. I am who I am. God's name is significant because it reveals who he is to us. When he, it's interesting to me that God doesn't say to Moses, I was who I was, or I will be who I will be. He says, I am who I am. He has no past or future. He is eternally present. God is the one who always is and always will be. He never changes. He has unchangeable character. In this world where there's a lot of dynamics, a lot of changes, people having issues with drugs right outside of tumbleweed, praise God, we serve a God who's the same yesterday, today, and forever, and can deliver people out of those chains of addiction. That's the great I am. He is unchangeable. He is immutable. He is eternal. He is self-existent. No one created God, but he's created all things. Everything, you and me and everyone, owes our life to his existence. I am Yahweh means that God is self-sufficient. He does not need any help or any outside source. Like the burning bush, he's perpetually self-existent and self-sufficient. And what that tells me is whatever need I have, I am can provide that need. I am can give you what you need to make it through this day. So the third and final thing is, the great I am is sufficient and will supply all your needs. He is everything that we need. And that's why Paul, in this book to, Philippian, to the Philippian Christians, in chapter 4, verse 19, said, My God will supply all your needs. Maybe not all your wants, but all your needs he will supply because he is the great I am. He's self-sufficient. He's self-existent. He is unchanging. He is right here, eternally present. Whatever you need, he is able to give to you. And that's the God we serve. So I am is his name. And you might be saying, well, Pastor Ed, this is great. Great little history lesson. Kind of went through Sunday school. I remember Bernie Bush Moses, what does that have to do with Jesus in the book of John saying that he's the I am seven times? What, what does that mean? Well, let me just have you look in your Bibles real quick here to close at John chapter 8, verse 58. Let me set up the scene. Jesus is talking to some Jewish leaders, and they're asking questions, trying to entrap them. They do this a lot. And they're asking them a bunch of questions, and Jesus makes this audacious statement that we know that the Jewish leaders understood because of their reaction to it. Let me read it to you. It says, Jesus answered, I tell you for certain that even before Abraham was, I was, and I am. Jesus didn't make a mistake by saying, I am. 
he was calling himself Yahweh. He was calling himself God. And the Jewish leaders knew it because you know what happens in verse 59? They pick up stones and they want to stone him because it's blasphemous what he is saying. He is saying he is God. He is the great I am. He is going to help. He's going to be there. And luckily, Jesus gets away because his time was not yet where he was going to die. But if those Jewish leaders had their way, they would have killed Jesus right then and there because he claimed to be I am. What does that mean for us? You see, what Jesus is clearly saying to those Jewish leaders and to us today, just like in Exodus chapter 314, he is Yahweh. He is God. He is I am. What does that mean for us? What it means is, whatever your need is, Jesus says, I am. Maybe you need direction in your life. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, the life. Maybe you need guidance. Maybe you feel lost and you need guidance. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd who leaves the 99 to find that one lost sheep. I am. Jesus, maybe you feel like death is all around you and this, you just feel dead inside and numb. Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. Maybe you see, feel like you're hungering for something that this world cannot satisfy. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. If you eat from me, you will never hunger again. Maybe you're wandering in darkness and you feel like you're just in the dark and don't know where to go. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Whatever you need today, Jesus says, I am. I am. He is God. He has no beginning, no end. He can supply all your needs. All you have to do is cry out to him. I'm gonna have the praise team come up and we're gonna close with a song and I'd like you guys to sing this song too. It just simply says to speak the name of Jesus. And something I've learned in my ministry, there is power when we speak the name of Jesus. In fact, let's, let's do it right now. Let's speak the name of Jesus real quick. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. There is power when we speak his name. Why? Because it's not just Jesus. It's Yahweh. It's I am, the great I am. He can meet you at the point of your need. So I want us to stand and sing this song together. It just says, speak Jesus. And we'll close this service out with this. If you've got a need in your life, if you're struggling with something, maybe it is an addiction, Maybe it's darkness. Maybe it's something that is like anxiety or depression. The great I am can meet you at the point of your need. And this altar's open. Be obedient to his spirit. 